Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to The World in 10, where every day we bring you the Times of London's unique insights into what's going on around the world. I'm Cara Bentley. And I'm Eleanor Shearwood. Today, we're discussing the dangers of AI and the difficulties of taking TV shows global. But let's start with a serious warning for President Putin. The Tsar uh, would have to go. And uh, uh, it would be uh, his luck if he, if he goes now. Who you're hearing there is Ilya Ponomarev. He was an MP in the Russian state Duma, but now he's living in exile. He thinks if Putin stays, then that's it for him. Let's hear a bit more of what he's got to say. If he goes now, then he has a chance uh, to get uh, to the Hague uh, and survive. But uh, if he would drag feet longer... I don't know what would actually happen to him personally. So uh, my recommendation for him and for his uh, inner circle actually uh, to start move, move, moving quickly. It would be in their own interest. His story is remarkable. He was expelled from his political role for what's been called anti-Kremlin activities and he went into exile in Ukraine. And now he's the political representative for a group called the Freedom of Russia Legion, which ultimately wants to invade and liberate Russia. Yeah, so he's been speaking to The Times and he's made some pretty strong claims. He says he thinks the mood in Russia is like it was back in February 1917. Now, for context, that year there was a massive revolution. There were actually two, one in February, one in October. There were loads of strikes and political gatherings and ultimately it ended up with the monarchy being overthrown and the establishment of a socialist form of government. And according to Ponomarev, he's not the only one who thinks that Russia is on the verge of a revolution. He says there are thousands Thousands of people like him in Ukraine waiting to join his legion. They crossed the border last week from Ukraine into Russia. And when there's enough of them, he says they're looking to take Moscow. I guess the real question here is how likely is it that anything's going to happen to Moscow or to Putin himself? Well, the Times defence correspondent George Grills has the story. He says Putin is one of the most well-protected men in the world. But what Ponomarev is saying is definitely a sign of growing confidence from Ukraine. You've got to view it in the context of drones recently flying into the Kremlin, of, of other drones recently um, attacking some of the wealthier suburbs of Moscow, including not far from where Putin himself, his country residence. So I think in that light, you need to understand these, these talks of threats to Putin's life. It's about making Russia think twice about what's happening in Ukraine. It's distracting Russia from Ukrainian operations as they prepare for a counteroffensive and really sort of being um, a thorn in the side of the Kremlin. It's a really interesting interview and you can read it in full on the Times website.
We've been hearing lots of warnings recently, like these, about artificial intelligence. If this technology goes wrong, it can go quite wrong, and we want to be vocal about that. Once they want to get control, things start looking bad for people. They'll be able to manipulate us into doing whatever they want. It'll be like you manipulating a two-year-old. AI has the potential to transform you know, every aspect of our lives, we all know that. And now we've had one of the most serious warnings yet. It's possible that this technology could lead to the extinction of humanity, apparently. A joint statement has come from more than 350 of the world's most distinguished experts, including the creator of ChatGPT. Yeah, they really want the risks of AI to be kind of mitigated, and they say it should be a global priority that's on par with things like nuclear wars or pandemics. Their major worries with AI are that it could be used to spread disinformation, increase cybercrime and disrupt jobs, all of which we've heard before. But this statement also says that more serious, although admittedly less likely scenarios need to be considered as well, like AI potentially leading to the collapse of civilization. It's more of a warning about the dangers of AI than an explanation of what limits would work to help this situation. But it seems like quite a strange thing for the people who made AI to come out and say. So does this mean that this message, which seems almost like science fiction, will actually become a reality? Well, luckily, we've got the Times Science editor Tom Whipple here with us to explain... Tom, is proper regulation likely or are we all just going to essentially become victims of AI? I I don't know. Um, We are to an extent making God. Um, And once that happens, are we sure that our interests are going to be aligned with theirs? And it's not that they will start, they will act like humans would, would who have power and decide to take power and further their ends. The, The scenarios that are positive are more, if we ask them to do something, are we sure they will do it in a way that will be safe for us? If we ask them to solve a challenge, uh, like, I don't know, uh, clean up the oceans, are we absolutely certain? If you, if you ask a human to do that, they would come up with a mechanism, and the, the AI would come up with a mechanism, but they might do it in a way that requires them consuming all of the resources on the planet and accidentally killing us. Right, so it seems like this is quite tricky to predict. I mean, there was one comment I saw from a scientist who was asked, uh, what can we do to stop uh, super AI uh, harming us? And he said, nothing. And then, then, then he said, um, maybe it's just best that we, we make use of what little time we have left and, you know, hug our loved ones. We've got an update now on what could be a major shake-up to the most famous football league in the world. English clubs might be having a cap imposed on how much they can spend on players' salaries, agents' fees and in the transfer window. Now, because European clubs are facing a cap on their own spending this year at 90% of their revenue, a working group is looking at a cash limit on the EFL so that English football doesn't dominate the game. So the plan's been submitted, but the Professional Footballers Association's chief exec said last month any move towards a salary cap would see players rightly be angry. More than 20 years ago, The Office started on British TV, a sitcom slash mockumentary about life in the office of a paper company, which centres around a rather desperate boss, David Brent, who tries to bond with his staff and force office friendships, but often... (laughs) 
sexist, racist and otherwise offensive remarks don't always help him in that mission. So that then got turned into the US office, which has been massively successful as well, clearly. You've got Steve Carell playing the middle manager character there. And now the 13th international remake's being planned. But this time there's a new twist. The Times' media correspondent Alex Farber joins us on the podcast now. Alex, what makes this series different to previous series? Well, the unique thing about this series is instead of a male David Brent, we have a woman playing the lead for the very first time. Ricky Gervais said himself as the programme was announced that office politics have changed a bit in the last 20 years. And I think that gender politics have also changed in the last 20 years. You know, David Brent was obviously a slightly unwittingly misogynistic chauvinistic type character and the way in which they rewrite the role to feature a woman will certainly prove interesting. Do you think time will also just change the nature of the humour as well? Yeah, I mean, look, comedies are notorious for sometimes dating quite poorly. And while The Office may well have stood the test of time for many viewers, I definitely think that there is an opportunity for the humour, the office politics, the working from home, the Zoom calls, all of those things that have become part of modern office culture for them to find some humour in those um, in, in those areas. Amazon thinks the show will have some mileage. It's opting to broadcast it all over the world. What is the furthest you would go to rescue your phone from water? The deepest, darkest depths of the ocean, obviously. (laughs) But I wonder what you think of this man's behaviour. An Indian official has been fined for draining four million litres of water out of a reservoir because he dropped his £1,000 phone into it while taking a selfie. And now he's got to pay over 50,000 rupees, so just over £500, for pumping out the water which was intended for irrigating farmers' fields. This is all happening in an area where some women have to walk 20 kilometres every day to fetch water for drinking and cooking food. Now, he justified it by saying his phone contained important government data. But on another occasion, he said he had done no wrong because everyone wants their possessions back, he says. And on another occasion, he claimed that he had received permission to drain the reservoir. And ultimately, he did get his phone back, but it didn't even work. That's it for The World in 10. There'll be more tomorrow.